guys. Welcome to another episode of our series of podcasts on infant baptism. I'm Pastor Stuart Amadon from Christ Church Opelousas, and with me as always is the pastor, Brandon Neely, um, from the Christ Church Lafayette Northside, lead pastor of all the Christ Church locations. There it is. <laughs> we're continuing our series of podcasts. Today we're going to be starting off in Hebrews chapter 8, and we're referencing the part of Hebrews in that passage where um, the author of Hebrews Paul. is referencing Jeremiah 31. There you go. Okay, here we go. You um, want to read it for us? I'll Hebrews start. chapter yeah. 8. We're going to be asking before we read. Okay, go. We've we've given up numbering these podcasts. <laughs> I looked at it the other day and I was like, I don't know where we are. We're, we're around 20. By this point? Yeah, I think so. But I hope wow. everyone goes back and listens to all of them. Yeah, okay. But Good before point. we read, we're going to be talking about what's new in the New Covenant and what's not new. In the new covenant. Okay. Because this is at the heart of the debate. That's helpful. This passage right here in Hebrews 8, quoting Jeremiah 31, Mm -hmm. is, I would say, the preeminent passage used to defend um, credo baptism. Okay. As opposed to infant baptism. I got it. Or I I should say it in a more accurate way. This passage is what is used to deny that we should give infants baptism. Got it. Because everyone believes in credo baptism. The question is, do we also baptize the infants of believers? Right. That's the question mark. Okay, guys, here we go. Hebrews chapter 8, starting in verse 6, it says, But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. Verse 7, For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. Pause. So. So. We have a new covenant. We have an old covenant. Verse 6. Got it. Or we have a first covenant, verse 7. He's referring specifically to the Mosaic covenant. Okay. Now, you can look that up later, but he's talking about the Mosaic covenant. He's talking about the Levitical priesthood. He's talking about the wall of separation that divided Jew from Gentile. Okay. He's talking about the priests versus the high priest, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, This whole mm -hmm. book, the book of Hebrews, is all about the passing away Mm. of that old order, Mm -hmm. that old administrative element of the Mosaic Covenant, because the final fulfillment had come in Christ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We don't have the order of priesthood under Aaron, we have the priesthood under Melchizedek. Right, and these are some of the Hebrews passages. Okay, we don't have the old covenant, which has always been temporary, right. which God added to catalog certain sins and to tutor, you know, the children of Israel into their maturity. Galatians chapter three, but it was always meant to be temporary, and now is the time for it to pass away. For the Messiah has come. The first is passing away, mm-hmm. and the new is emerging. Okay, I got it. I see it. But with that said, it doesn't mean that every single element of the Mosaic Covenant passes away, because mm-hmm. some of it is still, in essence, the same as the Abrahamic Covenant. Okay. In fact, he says in the Mosaic Covenant, he remembered his covenant with Abraham, and so he saved them out of Egypt. So it's, all, it's based on Abraham, but there's a certain aspect of the Mosaic Law, which is layered on top of God's covenant, to tutor the children of Israel for a season. Mm -hmm. And in the book of Hebrews, it's passing away. Mm -hmm. And the author of Hebrews, Paul, is trying to get the Christians to press on in Christ and not not fall back into Judaism, those old wineskins that are about to burst. Okay, I got it. All right. So he's making a case that Jeremiah had always prophesied that the old covenant Mm -hmm. would, in those administrative elements, Mm -hmm. Passover lamb feasts, Mm -hmm. that would pass away. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because the true would be here. All right, verse 8. Verse 8. 
For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the, out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant. And so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. All right, so we see it right here. Okay. There's going to be a new covenant. A new covenant. What does that mean, a new covenant? Well, it's not going to be like the old covenant. Okay. But anytime we say something is not like something else, we don't mean in absolute totality. It's completely different. It's completely no, it's, new. It's not going to be like it in some sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to argue that it's not going to be like the old covenant in all the senses that Hebrews is explaining. Okay. Better priesthood, better promises, mm-hmm. pouring out of the Spirit. I mm-hmm. mean, all these better things. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that it is absolutely brand spanking new. Right. I mean, just as a one quick proof text, Paul tells the little children whom he calls saints in Ephesians chapter 6 that if they obey their mothers and their fathers, that they will receive the promise. It's the first command with the promise that it will go well with you in the land. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Ephesian Christian children that he calls saints in the local church mm-hmm. and gives them an Old Testament Ten Commandments promise. That's right. Right yeah. out of Sinai. Right. So obviously not all of the promises of Moses pass away. Yeah, that's right. right? That's just one quick proof text. Yeah, that's good. But the new covenant is a blossoming. It is new. Uh-huh. And it is in some ways not like the old. Mm-hmm. But in what ways? That's the key. That's the question. What is the newness of the new covenant? Mm-hmm. What is new and what is not new? Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and finish by uh, reading uh, verses 10 through 12. All right, here we go. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one to his neighbor and each one to each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. And speaking of a new covenant, this is verse 13, and speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. All right, so that's the question. What precisely in the Mosaic covenant is becoming obsolete, Mm -hmm. and what is a part of the essential covenant that God had for all times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for his people. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is new in the new covenant mm-hmm. and what is not new? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so let's just go back and forth on this. Okay. All right, so what is not new? What's not new is that there's not some new New Testament people. It's the same people. Same people of God. Yep, I got it. Okay. The offspring of Abraham is Jesus, mm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But God promised that through the offspring of Abraham, he would have many offspring. Mm -hmm. So it's also plural. Right. There's the seed and the seeds, the Mm -hmm. offspring and the offsprings. Mm -hmm. That's Jesus the head and the church his body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One body, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, Mm -hmm. one seed. Mm -hmm. It's not Jesus with the head and Israel um, and the church, his two bodies. (laughs) Right, right. One people. That's some dispy stuff. That yeah. is. And now this new covenant, is says explicitly, is a covenant that will be made with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Okay. Notice the household language, because it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. is echoing back to the promise to the offspring of Abraham. Mm-hmm. This is the same terminology used under Moses, the household of Israel, the household of Judah. Yeah. It's the promise used all the way through the book of Revelation. Right. Same people group. Mm-hmm. The covenant, mm-hmm. the new covenant, and the old covenant, and the Abrahamic covenant are all made with Israel. Okay. Of course, we know there's deeper meaning in, in Israel because Israel is a sign. It is a type. Jesus is the true Israel. The church is the true Israel. Right. Comprised of both right. Jew and Gentile. That's right. You see, we are grafted in to that olive tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are grafted in to Abraham through faith. Amen. So it's not a new New Testament people. Mm-hmm. It's not like the new part of the new covenant it's is that like there's, there's a new, new people. There's a new subcategory. It's no. not like that. Second class Gentile <laughs> citizens. <laughs> where so No, no, no. It's all one people. Right. So it, it's not that there's a new people. The covenant is still made with the same covenant that the old one was made. All right. So not new people. In Galatians 6.16, Paul calls the church the Israel of God. You know, people like their proof texts. <laughs> all right, they got to they gotta keep me on my toes, all right? All right Philippians 3, verse 3, we are members of the true circumcision. The true one. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. He's using Old Testament terms for Israel mm-hmm. for the church, which the is church. comprised of Jew and Gentile, That's the right. true Israel, mm. the seed of Abraham. Mm. Done. But maybe that maybe what's new... Okay. Is that there's a new law. He says he's going to write his law in your heart. Well, the whole law just goes away then. The old law goes away, and then a new law emerges, and he puts that new law in your heart. Is that what it says? Sure. No, yeah. no, no, no. It says... Doesn't say that? He will write his law on their hearts. Mm. I will put my laws into their minds and mm-hmm. write them on their hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same laws. Same laws. Same laws. He didn't say, I'm going to do away with these and make some new ones. Nope. Same laws. Same laws. Now they're on the heart. Okay. Okay. Well, but what's the new part? There's well, got to be. There's got to be something new. Where's right? the new part? Because Jeremiah is clearly making a contrast here. He said the old and then the new. There's old and new. There's a first and the second. <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting because when when God tells Moses to build the temple or to build the tabernacle, uh-huh. he gives him the blueprint of the heavenly tabernacle. Okay. So, like, which comes first, the heavenly Jerusalem or the the earthly Jerusalem in the Old Covenant, or the heavenly temple, or the temple that Solomon built. Like, which one is actually new? It's mm. kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. That the yeah. new covenant is actually older than the old covenant. Oh, snap. But because Paul here it's, in Hebrews and Jeremiah, is, is he's referring to certain elements of the Mosaic covenant mm-hmm. that were always meant to be temporary and that mm-hmm. would eventually become old, become outdate. Yeah, I got Obsolete. It. Yeah. I got All you. right. I got you. Um, something's new, okay? Now, um, he says very clearly in verse 9, he says it's not like the covenant made with their fathers at okay. Sinai. Okay. You know, in some way, it's not like it. All right? Okay. Some ways, it is like it. Right. I mean, they both, blood is shed, et cetera. Right. Um, and, and so, no one is saying that the new covenant is the old, te- old covenant. No way. Right. Right? Right. Now, I, I will say in other podcasts that the new covenant is the Abrahamic covenant, because Paul says that explicitly in Galatians 3, and it's mentioned 50 times in the New Testament. Right. That the promises of Abraham might go to the Gentiles. Right. That's the whole point. Right. right? But right. the New Covenant is not the Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. It's not the Mosaic administration of the covenant mm-hmm. that was temporary for Israel mm-hmm. for a particular period of time. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 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 So in what ways is it new? And now the Baptist is going to say, and now, and you know, these are good godly brothers, they're smart too, yeah. but what they're going to say is that it's new in its essential nature. 
What is okay. that? What is essential nature? In that the old covenant, um, and, and here's where we have a problem. I think sometimes, not always, but they consider the old covenant to be the Old Testament. Like okay. all that that went before. Okay. Whereas in, in context, in Hebrews and in, in 2 Corinthians and other places where Paul calls the old covenant the old covenant, he's referring to the Mosaic administration of the covenant. That was the whole debate in the New Testament. Okay. He's not referring to Adam, Noah, Abraham. He, he's referring to that time period under Moses when Israel was put under a tutelage to prepare them for the coming Messiah. Okay. Okay. okay? Abraham yeah. was saved by grace through faith. Okay. Two years before he was circumcised. Okay. He is the father of all the Gentiles, but later he was circumcised in order to prepare himself as the father of the Jewish nation. Okay. It's complicated. It is. But the the Old Covenant is not the Old Testament. It's an unfortunate name problem here. I got you. The Old Uh Covenant is the Mosaic administration. Okay. It's not like Abraham's in the Old and we're in the New. We are children of Abraham. Okay. He's he is the prototype Christian. He's saved by grace right, and faith. Okay? Right, right, all right. Um, so they would say that in the old, you um, could have um, some people in the old covenant that weren't Christians. Okay, yeah. And the illustrations would be Esau under Abraham, or right. you know the uh, the sons of Korah who were cursed under Moses. They were in the Mosaic covenant, right? But in the new covenant, they would say everyone is an elect Christian. Anybody in the New Covenant is elect. Yeah, period. and they and they would use these verses primarily because it said okay. it seems to okay. say right here it says, and they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, "Know the Lord," for they shall all see know me. They shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. You see, they're saying you see right here in the New Covenant the way it's different mm-hmm. is that everyone knows the Lord in a saving elect way. Okay, I got it. I got it. I and see. That, they're saying that's what's new about it. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good argument right there. Okay. All right. Okay. That it's new in its nature, and that everyone in it is saved, and that only the elect are in it. All right. Yeah. All of them will know me, from the least of them to the greatest. Hmm. But here's my problem, and this is where I. This is what I believe for many, many years. Okay. 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 Uh, this is what John MacArthur teaches. This is one of his main arguments. Okay. Okay. But here's the problem. When I'm teaching through the Book of Hebrews. Okay. I'm going to those warning passages. Okay. I'm reading all of the many passages about the passing away of the old, Hebrews 2, 3, 6, 10, 12. I'm also looking at Romans 11, Acts 14, John 15. I see time and time and time and time and time again that the New Testament warns the New Testament people the very same way it warned the Old Testament people. Hmm. In what sense? For example, Romans 11. Okay. You are grafted in branches, but don't boast. Don't be arrogant. For if he spared not the olive branches, mm. will he spare you the wild branches? Mm. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Be careful lest He's you too to be people. broken off. Okay, okay. Hebrews chapter 10. If he who, um, you know, you're a Christian and you've received the, some promises and you are participating in the Holy Spirit work in the church like Judas, you know, casting out demons and feeding mm-hmm. the poor, mm-hmm. and then you profane the blood of the covenant by which you've been set apart, mm-hmm. God judges his people. Mm-hmm. Our God is a consuming fire, Hebrews 10, 28. And there's passage after passage after passage mm-hmm. that warns people in the new covenant exactly the same way as he warns people in the old covenant. It's okay. like he prunes the olive tree the exact same way. Okay. 
I got it. Jesus says, any branch in me that does not bear fruit is cut off hmm. and thrown into the fire, John 15. That's right. Yep. You see, now this goes against my Baptist concept. The, the, my Baptist system breaks down at this particular point, and this was the rub where I was um, convinced to look into this further and further and further. Okay. You just can't go through Hebrews and not see passage after passage right. where Christians in the New Covenant are being compared to Christians in the Old Covenant and yep. saying, be careful lest you too die in the wilderness from a sin of evil unbelief. Okay, I got right? it. Right? So Hebrews 8 and Jeremiah cannot mean that the newness of it is that everyone in the New Covenant is an elect Christian. Period. Because it contradicts large portions of the Scripture. Okay. Jesus says that he will give many of his servants various numbers of talents. Right. To some he gives one, to five, to ten. Right. But one of his servants buries it and is not faithful and is sent to hell. <laughs> we got Jesus' servants being sent to hell. I <laughs> say, well, that's Old Covenant. But we use that illustration all the time. Right, right. The wheat is growing up among the tares. Same field. Right. Water falling on both of them. Is, as Hebrews says, the rain falls. Falls on the just and on the unjust, yep. Yes, on the fruitful ground and the thorny ground. So, I don't know, I I just threw out, I just saw all throughout the Scripture, I I don't think that the newness in the covenant is new in that every single person is an elect Christian. But it does say right here, all will know me from the least to the greatest of them. Okay. That's a head-scratcher. This is going to be a long podcast. Are you going to make it? I'm I'm working on it. Here we go. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's get back in there. Perhaps it's new. Okay. 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 In that it pertains to internal religion and not just external religion. <laughs> okay. See, he says he's going to write it on your heart and your mind. That's what uh, John MacArthur mm. teaches, Leon Morris, Philip Hughes. This, this is so one of their that, theories. What does that mean? It's just internal and not external. That the law what is going to be put on your mind. That What John MacArthur would say is that they followed in the Old Testament, they followed his laws just externally from fear. But that in the New Testament, mm. you would be given the Holy Spirit so that you would follow him from your heart. Now, I don't know what John MacArthur has said on this subject in every single one of his talks. I'm just picking up on one particular one. Sure. He might have changed his tune on that. I'm not sure. Okay. okay. But, but we say the law was written on tablets okay. in, the, in the Old Testament. Now it's written on the heart. You okay. see, that's the difference. That's the difference. And of okay. course, the law was written on tablets. Right. But is that the essential difference? Because I still have a paper Bible. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, listen to Deuteronomy 6.4. This is one of the most important passages in the Old Testament. Okay, go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love, love the, Lord your, God. the yep. Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Hmm. In the New Covenant, it says he's going to write them on the heart. In the Old Covenant, it says they shall be on your heart. So same thing. Uh-oh. Well, it's definitely not... The difference is not that it's external in the Old Testament, internal in the New Testament. Right, right. right? You had people with changed hearts in the Old Testament. David delighted to do right. God's will. He was a man after God's own heart. Right. Abraham is a Christian. He's justified by grace through faith. Is that not from the heart? Right. Does he not have the Spirit? Does he not love right. God? How would you even understand that? Right. Hebrews 11 lists Christians, Old Testament Christians, from Abel all the way to Barak. Hmm. Are we supposed to believe that those people didn't have faith in their heart, that they didn't love God with their mind? Right. That it was just an external wooden thing? Like they're, they're, they're just a different the type of Christian that are saved in some kind of fake ritual external way. Right. No, indeed right. not. So maybe the, we have the Holy Spirit and they don't have the Holy Spirit. 
right? I've heard that before, yeah. Matthew 12 teaches about the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Well, I mean, that seems out of place. Nehemiah prays. showed up yet. Come on. Guys. Yeah, Nehemiah prays for the Holy Spirit. Nehemiah 9.20 and verse 30. Zechariah 7.12, Proverbs 1.23. Mm. Stephen said that Israel had been resisting the Holy Spirit for ages. Oh, snap. So right. it was already around. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you don't know uh, these things? He's, you don't know how the Spirit works? Nicodemus, you, you're a teacher of Israel. Mm. John 3.10. And the law was written on their hearts. Psalm 37, verse 29. Listen to this. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. Mm. Psalm 48, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hide his word in my heart. (laughs) We need to do these in video. That's good. That's good. (laughs) They were always supposed to obey God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's how Jesus summarizes the law when the Pharisees ask. Right, right. So it's not this weird internal, external thing. No. You Mm. want all the passages that relate to this? There's a lot. Deuteronomy 10, 12, 30, 14, Psalm 78, 8, 119, 11. I'm not going to do that. I try to to do it like a... uh, Like one of those lawyer commercials. Right. They had the spiritual realities of a circumcised, regenerate heart right. in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 10, 16, 36, Jeremiah 4, 4, Jeremiah 9, 25 through 26, Romans 2, 25 through 29. It's everywhere. <laughs> so, but wait, wait. So what's what's the new part? This is getting hard. <laughs> so what's new? Like Jeremiah. Is Jeremiah just going through a rhetorical exercise? Everything that he says is new is, we already got this. Okay. Perhaps it's new because God takes the initiative. Mm. He says, the covenant that I will make, verse 10, and that I will be merciful, verse 32. Do you think God took the initiative in the Old Testament? Well, obviously, did he pull Abraham out of Chaldea? Yeah. yeah, so that can't be what's new. Right. Okay. Maybe it's that he establishes his covenant with his people. Mm, maybe that's new. It does say that in the passage. Okay. Jeremiah says that. I will be their God and they shall be my people. But he says that a lot, though. That's what he said to Abraham. Right. Leviticus 26, verse 12, And I will walk among you and will be your God, and you shall be my people. Jeremiah 11, 2 and 4, 2 Corinthians six sixteen. It's mentioned in the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Mm. It's always been this. This right. is the whole point of the garden, of tabernacle, of incarnation, of Emmanuel, that he would be our God among us, pitching his tent in the middle of our tents. Right? Maybe it's that he will be merciful and forgive. Do they have that in the Old Testament? No, he never forgave anybody in the Old Testament. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Well, dead gummit, it can't be that either then. Maybe it's the knowledge of the Lord, though, that's new. All right, we're getting closer, okay? We're getting closer. Okay. Doesn't okay. seem like it. It doesn't <laughs> seem like it. But there's got to be something new. I mean, Jeremiah had to have had a point. Yeah. So... Come on, man. Where's the big reveal? Where are we at? All of them will know him. You will no longer have to teach your brother saying, know the Lord. Because they'll know him. Because they'll all know him from the least to the greatest. I'm going to put my notes down and just explain this, okay? Okay, I'm ready. Here we go. Notes are going down. That just happened. I'm going to shoot it straight. Make it simple. All right, here we go. Teach through the whole book of Hebrews. Study the whole book of Hebrews. You'll see the point. It's the passing away of the administrative elements of of the Old Testament law. Okay, especially the priesthood. Okay, no more Aaronic priesthood, no more temple, no more sacrifices. It's all being fulfilled. 
Now, in the Old Testament, I'm going to take my notes back up again. <laughs> I saw that. No, because there's some verses I need just to, just to make my point. Uh, there's some vo- verses I need just to make my point. Okay. I'm not going to go through all of this. Okay. I found the verses. Okay, go. In the Mosaic administration of the covenant, God established over his people a special group of people. The priesthood. The Levites. Okay. Okay. They had a particular job. They were in the temple. Okay. They, the Aaronic uh, portion of the Levites were the only ones allowed in the temple. Okay. They did the incense. Okay. The high priest entered the sanctuary. They were the ones that had a special intimate knowledge of the Lord. Okay. That not everybody had. Okay. You had to be of a special rank to enter the temple. Okay. To do the incense, to do the sacrifices. Their specific task was to teach the people the law of God. Okay. Malachi 2.6. True instruction was in his mouth, referring to a true Levite. And no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. Hmm. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth. Mm -hmm. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. See, they had a special relationship with God. Okay. And they had a special teaching administration under the Mosaic Covenant mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not everybody mm-hmm. had that. Right. I see that. They taught their brothers, know the Lord. See that? Oh. Their brother. Dang. Their brothers. Okay. Okay. Deuteronomy, okay. you're getting it. Deuteronomy 33, it. verses 8 and 10. Okay. It's talking about the Levites. They shall teach Jacob your rules and Israel your law. Mm. Galatians 3, 24 teaches us that the ceremonies and functions of the Mosaic Law were tutorial, pedagogical in nature, and they were administrated by the Levites. Okay. 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 The priesthood, the old priesthood that was passing away in they Hebrews, which is the main point. I got it. Right. I got it. They also knew the Lord in a special way. As Numbers 3.12 says, the Levites shall be mine. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. was a special covenant with the Levites. Okay. Malachi 2.4. Okay. They were the ones that set up and took down the tabernacle. The laymen would have been killed had they approached God in that way. Mm. Numbers 151. Mm. The laymen did not have access. They did not have that special knowledge of the Lord, that relational connection, that mm. intimate knowledge like Adam knew Eve. Okay. 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 Numbers 310, Numbers 338, Numbers 1640. You see it now. Mm-hmm. So we're all priests. We are all priests, aren't we? Boom. But I'm... There it is. What... But you see, let's let's just drive home the nail. Okay, go. No longer is brother going to have to teach the other brother, mm. know the Lord. For they shall all know me. They shall all. Okay, well, now all. Okay, does that mean that every single person in the covenant is elect? Is that what he's talking about here? Is he talking about that? Or is there all as in a special, cl- all classes of people? Because it says they shall all know me. Then he defines it as from the least to the greatest. Hmm. Now, how would we go about determining the meaning of that particular idiomatic expression? From the least to the greatest. Yeah. How would we figure out what that means? We'd find it everywhere else in the Bible. We would look at it in other places in the Bible. And did you know that everywhere it is used in the Bible, okay. it is used seven times in Hebrews. Uh-oh, seven times. Mm-hmm. Watch out. Uh, Deuteronomy 1 has it there as well. Deuteronomy 1 mentions it when it's talking about judges showing no partiality. For they shall hear both the small and the great. Right? It's always referring to rank and to class. 
It's used eight times in the New Testament and once again refers to rank and class. Acts 26, verse 22. Mm. Mm. No longer would there be a special class of priesthood Mm -hmm. that would have access to the sanctuary Mm -hmm. and have that special knowledge of the Lord and then mediate that knowledge to the other Christians, to the layman. Okay. Because that would be abolished, and all would have access and special intimate knowledge of the Lord, no, regardless of rank and class. I got it. There's no longer the hierarchy in that form. And that is precisely the the point Mm. of the book of Hebrews. Okay. So it fits in the context as well. Yeah. It's a tough passage. I don't don't have any (laughs) beef with anyone who comes down on another way. But hey, but listen to this. I'm telling you, this is it. It fits with the context of Hebrews perfectly. Yep. You see, and this is what's the big head scratcher for me. Okay, go. Back when I believed in Jeremiah 31 said, you see, everyone in the covenant is elect. You see, they will all know me. They all are, they're all Christians. That's yep. what it means. Yep. That's not what it's talking about, though, okay? Okay. All right? Um, and, and plus, all is redefined as classes. All right. classes. No more a special class of priests. It's a priesthood of believers. Okay. It's not talking about the nature of the new covenant being different than the nature of the old covenant in that only the elect are in it. That's not the context of the book of Hebrews at all. Okay. Rewind that, listen to it again, because it's steadfast. <laughs> Hit that 15-second back button. <laughs> there you go. But when, that's not the main point, but when I used to believe this, you know what was a big head-scratcher for me? What? If you keep reading in Jeremiah 31, after it says, they shall all know me, and you're in your mind, you're thinking, oh, this means everyone in the covenant is elect. Mm-hmm. It goes on in chapter 32 and promises that to the children of believers. Mm. Like, well... If I take that logic and I apply it to that next verse in 32, and I think it's verse 39, it means like every it means universal salvation to every single baby that's born to every Christian, that they will all know me. Right. And this promise is for their children as well. Mm. That's not the point. The point is that in the new covenant, there'd be a priesthood of all believers. Everyone would have access regardless of their class. That promise was for them and for their children. Jeremiah 32, 39. Boom. Amen. That's good. Wow. All right, guys, you're going to need to go back to the beginning of this podcast and start it over and listen to it again and take notes. That was a great one. Guys, thanks so much again for listening to another episode on our series of podcasts on infant baptism. If you're looking for more resources, you can go to wearechristchurch.com or you can go to sermonaudio.com and search for the keyword, We Are Christ Church. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.